On today's episode of Lockdown Spartans, strategic loss. Michigan State loses to Maryland. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, March 12th. The year is 2021. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my soon-to-be-skipping-work-to-get-drunk-and-go-on-a-different-podcast co-host, Matt Sheehan. That's all true. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, that's probably good for the listeners, though. That's a net gain for everyone listening at home or in the office, right? That's what I like to think. <sighs> Matt's going to be here for probably two segments, maybe one, and then he's going to literally leave to go get drunk mm-hmm. for another podcast. It was pitched to me that, hey, we're a college sports podcast mixed with drunk history. Can you join us uh, for two hours? The first hour we just get bombed, and then the second hour we record. Um, That'll be dropping in the next few weeks, so I can't wait for that one. Uh, Mm. Today's topic, the 2013-14 MSU men's basketball season. So that should be a good time. But before that, Will, we got to talk Big Ten tourney hoops, uh, sadly. One done. One done. And done for your Michigan State Spartans. Michigan State loses to Maryland. Uh, We'll talk about that for a couple segments. And then uh, I don't know what I'll do for segment three. I'll probably talk about uh, Marcus Bingham and how mad I am. No. Um, Probably, you know, we'll see where we get with these two segments. And then I'll just continue the discussion on my own. Maybe I'll make fun of Alex Kirshner. Um, Sure. That's the plan for today's show. Run it a rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Okay, Matt. Yeah. We went into this game Mm -hmm. sort of half joking, but. Mostly joking, but actually with serious points about Michigan State losing having benefits because we that's thought, not a joke. That's legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were joking about like, hey, it should be they should lose, right? We didn't joking about actually, that part, not yes. joking about the actual benefits yes. of it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Calling it a strategic loss is certainly just a way to spin it. We're not mm-hmm. thrilled that they lost to Maryland. No. But there are some tangible benefits to this. Uh, first. I I don't have to write another game preview for like a week. Yeah, it's true. Fantastic. It is fantastic. No, Um, rest, 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 rest. Reasons one, two, and three why. I guess if we're gonna pick silver linings, those that that that's where I I would start. Rest. This team played seven games in two weeks in a day. Seven games in fifteen days. A bunch of them against really great teams, uh, almost all of them, oh no, all of them, high-pressure situations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this and, is probably the least pressure game they've played in, oh yeah. God, a month, month and a half perhaps, yeah. Yeah, and I know it's not awesome to be semi-quarantined at a hotel in Indianapolis. Yeah, It's a fine city though, I gotta say, I do love Indianapolis. But uh, their feet are gonna be up, yeah. they yeah. are going to not have to play basketball games and at this point in the season you will take a week off i think it'll be be more beneficial to them than i don't know playing another game or two would be 
I, I mean, I, I got nothing to add on top of that. I'm sorry. Like that's yeah, it, it's it's rest, um, which I know they already got four days. But man, I, I mean, there are times today where it seemed three like days. is is I'm sorry, three days. You're right. Is is Langford still a little tired? Is he still? He doesn't seem like himself. So yeah, they, I mean, just kicking the feet yeah. off for a few more days. I yeah. mean, so the schedule now is that they're taking today Friday off. Practice Saturday, practice Sunday, find out where they're going in the state of Indiana, and then, well, go from there. I mean, yeah. first four games on Thursday, if you're in there, that's a full week. If you play Friday or Saturday, like you're looking at eight, nine days. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying really hard to be positive <laughs> about the situation. The other positive is, uh, hey, you won Sunday, so it's not a lot of sweat here. Uh, I was a little Hopefully. nervous at the end of the game until a lot of uh, bracketologist voices Stuck their necks out, thankfully, and said, uh, MSU fans, relax. Everything's going to be okay. If, at worst, you're in a first four game, which, at this point, hey, I'm a big bargaining guy. I'll I'll take a first four game at this point. I, I, I don't really care right now. Yeah, I checked in with Joe Cook Sugart on your behalf. Thank you. I, I legitimately appreciate that. Thank you. And he said might play in the first four. As like a worst case scenario, like yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Jerry Palm, CBS had them as a nine seed. A lot of there's a lot of nines, a lot of tens, mostly elevens, mm-hmm. but pretty much across the board, they were in for everyone, and they were not, you know, among those buy teams uh, coming into the day. And Joe Lenardi said as well, Michigan State should have nothing to worry about on Selection Sunday, and it'll be, uh, I don't know. It kind of fun on Selection Sunday, not totally knowing mm-hmm. Michigan State's name's going to pop up, but feeling pretty good that it's going to. That should be fun, uh, uh, unless it never pops up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to ever do this again. And no. there was some chatter on this on Twitter. Uh, you know, like, hey, Bubble Life was kind of fun for a little bit. No, Bubble Life again, sucks. Once again, nah, I mean, it, it, it's fun when you're on the no. right side of it, for sure. Yeah, like, no, it, don't it, care. It, sucks. It all sucks. <laughs> With that said, I don't want to do this ever again. You know, that's uh, kind of how I categorize it. it. It's it's fun, like being petty about, like, hey, Xavier, hit the bricks, Boise State, go screw, your, like, you know, it's it's nice watching nope. the little guys fall and eat themselves alive, but uh, yeah, I don't care. It sucks. Okay, okay. I, listen, hey, once again, don't want to do it ever again, but um, I had a thrill. You know, good for you. you Thank masochist. you, Will. I, I am an MSU fan, so it would make sense. Yeah, that is correct. Another benefit. Probably no chance they're on the 8-9 line. Oh, could you imagine what would have to happen for them to get to that point? That would be... Yeah. Now that, that would be the brand name working for Michigan <laughs> State right there. That that would be pretty silly. Um, I know, I think it was Jay Billis was talking about it, that the brand name might even get MSU bumped up a full seed line when it's all said and done. I I don't think it gets them bumped up to 8-9, though, which is no, uh, just that's, peachy in my book. It's too high. Um, but yeah. that eight nine line, I think historically is just a terrible spot to be because that you got <laughs> you have a coin flip and then a loss. Basically, is is how your tournament's going to go it, yeah. unless you're the random team. Like occasionally, a one seed will get upset, but yep. UConn, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather, I'd much rather because honestly, if you're a nine seed, what's the difference between a six seed and an eight seed? Uh, like tangibly, not tangibly. much. Right. Not yeah. much, but there can yeah. be a huge difference between a there. There not can be. There's usually a huge difference between a one seed or a three seed. Imagine if Villanova. I know it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Ends up still as a three seed. Uh, it depends. You know, Houston's good, but it depends kind of what shakes out with them. Just the difference between 
Arkansas, right? Yeah. West Virginia, who just lost to Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State as well. Even Kansas is a little down this year. Villanova, Texas, Virginia maybe. Like these teams compared to Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois. Like it's there's a huge gap there. The gap between them is so much more significant, in my opinion, than Dude. the gap between Tennessee, Colorado, and Clemson. Like what's the difference? <laughs> like you're right. playing a team that is absolutely beatable in the first round. And then the second round, you have a fighting chance. You don't have a 10% chance. You have like a 27% chance, something a little bit more tangible. So I much prefer if you're not going to be a one, two, three seed, I'd much prefer to be honestly a 10 or 11 than an eight or a nine. I just, I want to get on the other side of the bracket and avoid any chance of playing Gonzaga or Baylor in the second round. I completely co-signed. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking at one of the thousand tabs I have open that has a bracket on it. It's like, all right, would you rather be uh, 11 seed Louisville playing USC and then paired up with Texas as the three seed and then two Ohio State in that end of the region? Or would you rather be the nine and face, or I'm sorry, yeah, the nine and face Gonzaga second round and then yeah. Kansas also. Yeah, like it's, it's a no-brainer. Scheduled yeah. loss, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Izzo, ardent listener to the podcast. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, those those things get muddled once you're in there. Colorado, Missouri, Oklahoma, BYU, Oregon, Wisconsin, USC. Right. Like, what? There's not a ton of difference between those teams, especially when you compare it to Gonzaga or west virginia like well one team is really a talented team but very flawed the other one is an absolute buzzsaw that you want no part of all right let's actually talk specifically about this maryland game and maybe if there's anything to take from it no i got some takes yeah for sure sure. we'll do that here in a second first word from bet online dot ag Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba college basketball and nhl are in full swing BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. They got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. One word, LOCKEDON, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by the fine, wonderful folks at Homefield Apparel. I love Homefield home so much. I'm wearing oh, the Duncan Sparty shirt right now as we talk. There you go. There you go. I had the uh, hockey cursive shirt on earlier ah, today. Nice. Very nice. Yes. Homefield makes incredibly comfortable, officially licensed collegiate apparel. They print vintage marks from old programs, yearbooks, Really cool, unique logos and designs, and then they turn it all into really excellent collegiate apparel. And Matt, comfortable yeah. as hell. It's absolutely sensational. If, if you're not fantastic. wearing home field, I, I just feel bad for your body. Body, body. <laughs> and they have their vintage Michigan State line, which they dropped back in the summer, and they've been with us ever since. It's not just Michigan State, though, Matt. They got Central, Eastern, Western, Northern, Grand Valley, Fair State, Wayne State, UDM, and Hope. Fire up, Dutch, Will. Fire up, Dutch. Greatest women's basketball program in Division Three. It's true. Fire up, Dutch, and all sorts of other schools. Slippery Rock, Colorado School of the Mines. You've got a Hawaii hoodie you wear every single day. Yeah, pretty kinds much. Of stuff. Yep. All kinds of excellent stuff. Check it out, homefieldapparel.com. You use promo code ONSPARTANS. One word, ONSPARTANS, and you're going to get 20% off your first purchase 
of Home Field Apparel gear. Go to homefieldapparel.com, promo code on Spartans. We're covering everything you need to know about Michigan State, but what about the rest of the sports world? Well, now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Matt. Well. What is your, do you have takes from this game? Like, do you have actual takes from this game? Like, we can just talk about officiating. Yeah, sure, I do. Yeah, let's just start there. I mean, it, it's, it, again, once again, like, MSU got beat pretty good by Maryland uh, to the tune of however many points it was, double digits. Um, so, yeah, in, in that case, you know, officiating isn't the reason, but it is definitely a reason, and it might be one of the top reasons. Like, yeah, I know MSU stunk out loud in the second half. Oh, yeah. You can't tell me that the end of the first half didn't help dictate what was going to happen in the second half. I mean, you just played with no flow. It's almost like they were just waiting for a whistle every time they put the ball on the floor or was square enough to defend a Maryland Terrapin. Like, so the captain of the Titanic was better at his job than Boborowski is at his. It, it is absolutely zero coincidence that any time Boborowski hops on the court to officiate a Michigan State game that MSU loses – Six times out of seven games this season. Once I caught wind that it was going to be Bo Borowski. Do you know what I did, Will? I you opened bet. up the fine gambling apps, and I bet on Maryland. Listen, it's like seeing a dark cloud coming in the sky. Does it mean rain? Not guaranteed, but most likely. Bo Borowski is that dark cloud for Michigan State. It's trends. There's no coincidence. Happens once, twice, maybe even three times. Hell, I'll give it four times over the span of seven games. If it happens six times... There is no coincidence. Bo Borowski is horrible for basketball. He's terrible for Michigan State. And honestly, good on Izzo for not absolutely just ripping his throat clean out in the first half. He, he could have gotten a lot more of his money's worth in the first half. Listen, I know that Michigan State wasn't great. I know that they had, what, seven turnovers in the last ten minutes. Uh, two of those turnovers is Rocket getting pushed out of bounds right in front of Borowski. No whistle. And Aaron Henry's moving screen at the end of the half. Once again, a whistle, but going Maryland's way. So, yeah. MSU didn't play perfect, but how could they? It didn't matter how good they were playing. They were going to get jobbed. It's a predetermined game when Bo Borowski is out on the court watching the game. Of course, Lakeford, not good. The stagnant offense. Maryland's defense was once again pretty good. But, man, I, I'd be lying to you and being very disingenuous if I said that officiating didn't pretty much set the tone for the game. And it was very apparent when there was about two minutes left in the first half how it was going to go. And this isn't me just being like, oh, blame the refs all the time. Like, no, go back and listen to any other podcast. Like, we talk about after a lot of basketball losses, a lot of football losses the last year, I bet you can't find one where we blame the refs for a loss. Like, it is apparent what's going on when he's on the court, Will. Thank you for letting me rant. I think I got it all out of me. We'll see, though. I'm not going to go quite as far as you with I will, the, yeah. uh, I'll double down the, on it. The tinfoil hat uh, angle. I got there, no problem doing it, yeah. I know. There might be something to, like, legitimate bad blood between Izzo and Bo Borowski. I would think so, yeah. Um, Izzo hinted towards that uh, in the post-game press conference while also taking responsibility for him losing his cool and the way, you know, getting teed How up. How could he not, though? Like, well, you, you'd have to be Mother Teresa to not get teed up in that circumstance. I know. Um yeah, so I'm not I'm not going to go quite that far, although I think it is certainly within the realm of possibility that for whatever reason he just whether it's consciously or unconsciously just doesn't like 
Tom Izzo or has bad blood with Tom Izzo and thus lets it impact his job. I, I think that's a plausible thing. It's certainly like Wisconsin is like zero and eight with games uh, that he refs and like right. fourteen and two in other games. It's like okay, something similar with Michigan State. So maybe we'll see. And, and Greg Gard has certainly not uh, been overly uh, a fan of Bo Borowski's. They're not uh, trading Christmas cards. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're not on each other's list, there, right? <laughs> anyway, pushing that aside, pushing some sort of bad blood vendetta thing aside. Sure. Let's get X's um, and O's, yeah. Not even X's and O's. I'm just so sick and tired of watching Big Ten basketball games get dictated by officials. Not just Michigan State games. Happens it, Like the Illinois-Iowa game, I don't know if you remember, was like a classic. And mm-hmm. officiating stuck its beak in the last like four minutes and totally played a huge role in, in what happened. And it's just heaping trash. It happens all the time. It happens to every single team in the conference multiple times every single year. It has been a problem for multiple years. The officiating in the Big Ten is far too impactful for all of the games. And this is just another example of that. Yeah, I think it happens to Brosky's crew a lot. Um, He's just one of the refs that we know the name of. It used to happen all the time with TV Teddy. Yep. All the time, and he's no longer in the conference. Uh, it's just it's just something that uh, has plagued the Big Ten. And, you know, I tweeted this out. This is sort of my, my thoughts on all the officiating. Should Michigan State get mentally shot by bad officiating? Nope, they should not. They should be able to be mentally strong enough to overcome that, control what they can control, and not let it linger into bad play for an extended period of time. However, mm-hmm. Should they have to get over game-altering officiating twice in one week from the exact same crew? No, they should not. I get it. Refs are humans. They're going to make mistakes. Occasionally, there's so many... It's your job. Do your job. Hold on. Shut up. There's so many calls in a game that are 50-50, 40-60, and... Just based on math, there are going to be games where 10 of those go against you and one goes for you, and that sucks. That's going to happen. It's just the nature of sports. It happening two times in a row with the exact same crew in a pretty similar manner and it having a similarly strong impact on the game, completely changing flow, uh, how the game is played, certainly score. Like It's just inexcusable to happen at the rate it does in the conference it's i'm so sick and tired of big 10 officiating i'm i'm done i'm exhausted with big 10 teams having to adjust to the games the refs are calling as opposed to the refs trying to like seamlessly blend in and you know meagerly legislate when it's appropriate like i'm just i'm done with big 10 officials having impacts this large consistently on games. I think Graham Couch tweeted this out, uh, and I thought it was really well said. If it wasn't for fans' addictive love for their alma maters, college basketball wouldn't exist or at least wouldn't be a TV sport. (sighs) This shit is regularly unwatchable. I could not agree more. The (laughs) opening game, Minnesota-Northwestern in the Big Ten tournament was was a travesty. (laughs) It was horrible. The officiating turned it into one of the worst games you're ever going to see. And that is 
the conference tournament, national spotlight, big games, deciding big things, and they just can't get it right. I'm sick and tired of it. End of rant. Maryland is just from a lineup perspective, a bad matchup for Michigan State. I'm okay saying that. Marcus Bingham needs to play more. It's hard for him to play in a game where the other team is playing five wings and it just Michigan State's good players didn't have good games. They got thrown out of a rhythm by some questionable officiating. I'm not overly concerned uh, about what happened specifically in this game. I just think this Maryland team is a bad matchup stylistically for MSU. And it, of course, you know, doesn't help when a bad free throw shooting team like them starts the game 17 of 18 from the free throw line. Yeah, of course. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yes. It ended up, they shot 70%, but they started the game shooting 90% like in the first 25 minutes. And by the time they started missing, the game was over. They hit a bunch of threes again early and it just, it, it just, it was a very frustrating game, but I'm not thinking anything different about this team. I just think now with the sample size of two, we can look at it and be like, Hey, just not a great matchup. Michigan State doesn't have a big low post presence to take advantage of Maryland's lack of size, and Maryland can kind of dictate the game. Hopefully they don't run into a team in the NCAA tournament that lines up similar to them. All right, Matt, you got to get out of here. I'm going to continue talking about this game. You can just hang up if you want. You don't even I'll, have to. I'll miss you. I'll miss you. I'll miss you. I'm, I'm not going to miss you. you, but Say it first, back. Say it back. First, Say it back. a word from Built Bar. <sighs> Goodbye, Will. Bye, Matt. We've been telling you about Built Bar the best. Make sure you send me that file. <laughs> We've been telling you about Built Bar the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and delicious tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Well, now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, I almost just said Matt. Today's matchup, Matt, <laughs> is. Churro Puff versus Cookies and Cream. Yes, Churro Puff took down Apple Almond Crisp in the first round. Cookies and Cream is its opponent. This is the first Sweet 16 matchup. And honestly, Sweet is like Sweet 16 is just the perfect name for a round in this bracket. Um, It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think I'm going to go Cookies and Cream, though. Churro Puff, like it's right there. Man, I, Cookies and Cream got a bye to the, the Sweet 16 for a reason, though, and I'm sticking by it. Cookies and Cream is the winner in this one. Go to BuiltBar.com or Built Bar's Twitter feed at Built underscore Bar, and you can vote on these. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN20, one word LOCKDOWN20, to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And, of course, check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. This year, the LOCKDOWN Podcast Network will be live! On Selection Sunday, March 14th, reacting to who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament, Big Ten Ben Stevens and Josh Neighbors will be hosting the show Selection Sunday, live with local experts like myself and Matt. I'm assuming we're going to be on it. Hopefully we'll be on it. Uh, from around the Locked On College network of podcasts, follow at Locked On Live on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook today and watch our live Selection Sunday special on March 14th. Uh, something we talked about uh, a little bit early in the show, we, we talked about the rest. And I think, you know, we, we definitely hit the, the, the broader points of how the rest can be important, but we didn't specifically talk about one guy. And I want to real quick here talk about Josh Langford. He was bad. 
and I think he'd be the first one to tell you that. He was incredibly frustrated throughout the entire game, was missing shots, just not having uh, a great game. And he's been someone who really was finding a rhythm and playing excellent basketball to start this brutal stretch and then kind of tapered off, it felt like. It, it seemed like, you know, while everyone was getting dead legs, everyone was getting tired, maybe Josh was getting a little bit more tired. Josh was getting a little bit more sore. Keep in mind, a couple surgeries, surgically repaired feet. If you've ever had a surgery or any sort of injury like that and you start using it and working on it at uh, an intense rate, like it gets sore quick and it, and it lingers, soreness lingers. So I, I think Josh really, maybe more so than anyone else on the team, was really feeling the effects of fatigue and really feeling the effects of playing so many games in so many days. And Tom Izzo kind of acknowledged as much because he gave him the day off. He gave him a, a practice off earlier in the week. So I think, you know, it's certainly discouraging to see his play kind of taper off and fall off a cliff in some big spots, but I don't I don't see Josh as someone who's like mentally weak or a choker or can't handle the big moment. I think he's just tired. I think his legs are probably really sore. I think playing seven games in fifteen days on surgically repaired feet, like that's tough. So maybe more so than anyone else on this team, that dude needs time off his feet. Like someone get in there Give him a pedicure. Give him some foot massages. Like, let's kick those feet up and just carry him around the hotel until we figure out where Michigan State is going. And, and, you know, hopefully by the time Michigan State's next game comes around, he's uh, feeling healthier, feeling more rested, feeling more comfortable, and can get back to that level he was playing at because, man, like, he was playing at a really high level for a few games there, and gosh, we were talking about like, man, what could have been, right? Oh, the flashes of the old Josh Langford. You know, you, you get those flashes because he's playing insanely well, and that's tough to sustain with a injury history that he has going from like, okay, we play every three days, we play every four days, sometimes we get five days off to game, day off, game, day off, game, two days off, game, day off. Like, that is tough, so... Looking forward to him certainly getting some rest before the next game. Of course, in addition to the other guys getting rest. Uh, a couple other things. <sighs> How can I say this? Uh, the Jack Hoiberg minutes. I understand Tom Izzo trusts him and feels comfortable with him on the floor. And he's technically a scholarship player this year. I'm hoping that is just something that was a product of the minutes building up on other guys in the backcourt. Brief rest between games, quick condensed schedule, as opposed to this is our best option because um, I don't think he can play in big, meaningful games. Uh, you know, I, I'm fine. I was fine with giving him a chance. I'm fine. Like, hey, a couple minutes here or there. Like, and it's, if it's going okay, that's great. Keep him in there. Wonderful. But the defensive breakdowns from him just cannot happen. Uh, it's something that gets glossed over because a million other things went wrong. But like in a key stretch late in the first half with Michigan State absolutely bleeding, Jack Hoiberg 
can't be a bandage. And, you know, it's nice he got to the free throw line, but then, of course, he misses one of the free throws. And the very next trip down, completely loses his guy, gets blown by effortlessly for a dunk. And that was a possession after getting caught again, cheating down into the into the paint in a situation where he wasn't going to make an impact. And then his guy shooting a three over him, it happened as well against Michigan. Like, it just, I, I it can't happen in big spots and I'm not going to crush the kid because like he gets put on the floor and that's like he's going to go play and do his best and I'm sure he is but it's just he's at such a physical disadvantage and he's played like 14 minutes all season such a tough spot to put him in so I'm hoping that uh, is something that doesn't really happen uh, too much what I'm hoping happens more and I think a lot of this was matchup dictated is Marcus Bingham needs to play 20 minutes I just he played 14 in a game, Michigan State lost by 11. He was not in for the junk time stuff, uh, and he was still plus three. He's plus three, blocked a bunch of shots, had some steals, altered things at the rim, did a good job on both sides of the floor. I thought was, gosh, he might have been Michigan State's best player prior to Malik Hall kind of going off there at, at the end, but it's just a totally different team with Marcus at center, and I thought, you know... <laughs> It's tough. It's tough playing a team that literally just plays five wings, like four wings and a power forward. It's tough. I get it. And the power forward's a 44% three-point shooter. I get it. That's why I think Maryland's just a tough matchup. The very best version of Michigan State is Marcus Bingham in the center for 24 minutes in a game. Totally changes what they do defensively, their look and their ability to get stops, alter shots at the rim, completely change the opponent's offensive strategy. And then I think he's been... Doing a good job. He had a really nice pick and roll with Rocket Watts. And honestly, I know Rocket didn't have a great game, but he had some stuff in the beginning of that game before everything got all screwy where he looked really good. Uh, I was getting into the lane a bunch. And against that Maryland defense, that's really, really hard to do. Um, In a certain matchup, I could see him having a similar game to the one he had against Michigan. It depends who Michigan State draws in the tournament. But it's, you know, I wasn't discouraged, I would say, uh, by Rocket Watts. I know. It just didn't work out for him in terms of like the overall game. It didn't work out for anybody in terms of the overall game. But I thought he showed some really nice things, some like point guardy things. Running the pick and roll, had a couple of really nice dishes, got into the lane a little bit, hit some shots. Um, you know, it, it tapered off from there, but I was encouraged by his early start. And it's I don't think it's a coincidence when Michigan State was absolutely rolling. Rocket Watts was looking really good. Marcus Bingham was playing center for the most part. <laughs> like it, it's... When Michigan State has those guys going, and Joey Hauser, too, was doing stuff. He got in the lane, had a couple of really nice buckets. If, somehow if, Michigan State can get a decent version of Joey Hauser, a decent version of Rocket Watts, a decent version of Marcus Bingham, they can be a really good team. And we've seen that they quite literally can beat almost anybody on a given night. I'm not sure about Gonzaga, maybe Baylor, although that might be a really tough matchup and there's other good teams that would be bad matchups for them like Maryland, but you know, they beat Michigan. They beat Illinois solidly. They beat Ohio state. Like they can on a given night beat pretty much anybody, but they are not guaranteed to beat a single soul (laughs) on any given night. They could lose to anybody and they can beat anybody. You know, I guess you just kind of got to hope for a little bit of Tom Izzo magic and those guys Langford, Watts, Hauser, Bingham, 
being some version of decent, some version of good. Like you got those four guys. If two of them are good, one's decent, and Aaron Henry's Aaron Henry, they're going to be able to win uh, multiple games in the NCAA tournament. And yeah, I know that sounds kind of crazy. Like this team really second weekend, it's certainly within the cards. They got to play well, and there's quite literally no guarantee that they'll do that. This is the first time as a team in a while that can lay an egg at any moment. We talked about that previously. Like Some teams just weren't all that good, and they would just kind of lose because the other team was better or the, the other team hit shots and they didn't hit shots. This team lays some stinkers, but they also can play really, really well. And gosh... I don't trust it one bit. It's going to be terrifying and frustrating and exciting. But if they can find a couple weekends of really good basketball, like they have a chance to make some noise. They have as good a chance as any team, you know, outside of the top three, four seeds in terms of like the one seeds, the two seeds, the three seeds, the four seeds. Once you get past them, I would feel as comfortable with Michigan State playing well, uh, making a little bit of noise as I would with any team. You know, I think they have second weekend potential certainly we'll see if they play bad they could very easily lose to the sixth seed or the seventh seed or whatever they end up in play in game they could very very easily lose that game by 25 points and we'll want to forget the season ever happened they can also win it by 10 it's such strange team and you know much like most of the season we didn't get really any clarity even down the stretch when they were playing well Guys were playing well. Guys were playing poorly. Aaron Henry is pretty much a constant. And a couple of guys would step up here and there. And he would Henry would drag the team in the big spots when he needed to. If they can somehow find a way to sort of coalesce and get good performances for just a weekend next weekend. I like, uh, I like their chances to uh, at least make it interesting. We'll, we'll put it that way. So, all right, that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. We'll be back on Monday to react to hopefully Michigan State's draw in the bracket. If not, uh, it'll be an interesting show if Michigan State is left out of the NCAA tournament. It will be a very, very interesting show. But I, I think the consensus is that MSU is in the tournament and may have to play a play-in game, but a lot of people feel pretty secure, like, hey, this is going to be one of the 11 seeds or 10 seeds that gets in and gets a buy out of the uh, the first four games. So that's what we'll be doing on Monday. Thanks so much for listening to the show all week long. We'll be back. Hope you join us. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, have a good weekend. Go Green.